Welcome to Neoweek Audio, a collection of podcasts and Twitter spaces produced and curated by Neoweek, the number one news and community platform for the Neo Protocol and the Aurora ecosystem. At neoweek.com slash podcasts, you can find every interesting audio piece from the community in one place. We curate content on topics such as DeFi, NFTs, gaming, DAOs, community hangouts, and more. Basically, we got you covered near fam. And without further ado, let's dig in.
Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, everyone. Welcome to this exciting AMA session today to deep dive into near blockchain operating system. I'm Anglin, your host of today. I'm thrilled to be here with our two distinguished guests, Ilya and Amos, who will take over the chat shortly and share their experience and insight with us. Ilya is the co-founder of Near Protocol and also Brain Behind Realist. Previously, Ilya was an engineer manager at Google Research. He co-authored Attention is All You Need, which is the technology-powering GPT model, and he's a major contributor to TensorFlow, Google's AI framework. Author Amos is the managing partner at MetaLab Venture, and he's also an early contributor of NIR. MetaLab is a 30, 30 million USD uh, global fund investing in disruptive blockchain technologies. Some of the notable backers include Sequoia, Dragonfly, GSR, 7X, and more. But before we dive in, let me remind you that we have a special giveaway plan for everyone who joined us live today, so stay tuned. Um, okay, let's get started. My first question is for Ilya. So Near Protocol is involving from layer one for smart contract to the blockchain operating system for Web3. Can you give us a short introduction to BOS and its current status? Hey, yeah, so great to be here. Welcome everyone, thanks for joining. Um, yeah, so the idea behind blockchain operating system is really to coalesce all of the kind of great ideas that Web3 has and present them to the user in a kind of friendly way. And really kind of we position blockchain operating system as a platform to discover and experience open web applications that is compatible with any blockchain uh, protocol. And kind of the core of this, you know, has been obviously driven by NIR and uh, functionality that uh, NIR protocol has delivered. But at the same time, there's a lot of exciting innovation that's happening across the industry. And so the idea has been, how do we really create something that as a normal user you don't need to think about you know what blockchain is used underneath how exactly are uh, specific you know technology works but but really can navigate the application that's running on different blockchains can kind of experience it as, as a single platform so from a current status perspective uh we have uh, kind of recently released um, the blockchain operating system uh with like initial set of features. And so uh, one of the really exciting innovation has been uh, what we call discovery, which is decentralized finance uh, that you can uh, leverage across different blockchains. And so Amos, if you can uh, pull up Neo.org, um, the really cool thing about Neo.org now is actually the content and the code, the source code of the uh, website itself is coming from the blockchain. So it's a fully decentralized application on itself and everything you see is actually installed on blockchain. So the way you can uh, look into this is if you navigate to the develop tab on the top, uh, you can actually see exactly which uh, kind of component uh, is powering it. And if you open the details there, um, you can see exactly the implementation as well as who built it and uh, which other components, kind of pieces of the uh, ecosystem I used, right? So all of this is powered by kind of near protocol behind the scene, but at the same time provides kind of an easy user experience 
and it's fully sexualized. Yeah, if you navigate the history, you can see the actual changes and the block number when the code change happened. Uh, and so this is all live, this is all working. But blockchain operating system is not just this. This is kind of uh, a, a piece of it. Uh, there's a lot of other layers that are powering this, right? There's search, for example, notifications that are enabling this kind of discovery and navigation uh, across the ecosystem. And so if you, for example, type in Lido, uh, you can actually see uh, like applications of other blockchains, right? Uh, that you can discover on, on this platform. And uh, yeah, and then the... Kind of the other part of this, like one of the big challenges that Web3 had is uh, onboarding and kind of initial engagement of the users. And so with that, kind of with the launch, uh, uh, we've launched as well uh, the fast off, which is the fastest way to onboard users across Web3 and Web2. And it's leveraging a number of technologies under the hood, but kind of in the end gives the user a way to sign up create an account, and start using blockchain in about five seconds. Uh, you don't need seed phrases. You don't need uh, kind of set up wallets, et cetera. It's all kind of done for you. You have email recovery, and there's a lot of things uh, kind of powering that behind the scene. So, you know, it's as easy as entering kind of an email. Uh, I could suggest you a username, and you can pick one and get an email to verify. And as soon as you verify, you have an account, and you're actually using Meta transactions to start transacting uh, with the blockchain right away uh, as you do that. I know I missed a few. Kind of verified right now, but kind of that's the flow. And that, like, again, blockchain every system is really this combination of different aspects of innovation that kind of coalesce. And, you know, there's obviously still a lot to build, but the initial version, right, is out there. And uh, we see developers starting to adopt it and leverage it. Hey. Thank you, Ilya. Um, thank you for giving us an introduction about BLS and also give us a few use cases. Um, do you have more use cases to add? For sure, yeah. I mean, kind of the, the core of this is obviously it's a developer platform. And so developers come with use cases. Like I'm actually here in Korea. I, I just saw some of the hackathon winners from Glitch, which build some really exciting stuff. But uh, kind of the things that are already there are, um, uh, for example, a lot of DeFi applications are already building on blockchain every system because for them actually having a decentralized front-end is extremely important. It gives them the new level of censorship resistance. It gives them the new level of uh, actually verifiability because now they can deploy smart contract and the front-end at the same time from the same DAO, from the same multisig, making sure that uh, users are not getting, for example, fished by, by a fake website. Um, at the same time, you know, for example, games and uh, kind of entertainment use cases are really um, kind of can leverage this because it removes a lot of the onboarding hurdles that uh, kind of they generally face, right, when they're talking about Web3. Uh, one, one of the other kind of technologies that Neo has is called Keypalm that uh, really allowing to create um, kind of very smooth onboarding uh, allows to, for example, drop uh, NFTs or drop uh, tokens or tickets or accounts that are uh, like restricted for specific permissions. And so this allows you to actually like, if you already have an audience, for example, for existing games, you can drop them, for, for example, a treasure box or a specific item. They can click on it. It will automatically create an account 
under the hood. They don't even know about that. They start using it. They already have account. They already have kind of an NFT in the game, and they get interacted with it, right? So things like that, you can really engage your audiences. Uh, obviously, this is very powerful for marketing and remarketing the users and kind of uh, drives the bottom line. Um, the other, like, and, and kind of because in one platform, you now half all these users are able to interact with each other. Uh, so kind of really enabling this smooth transition from I'm not familiar with Web3 to, uh, hey, I have something in Web3 and I can interact with it. And, and, you know, and then finding out all of the different other aspects of Web3 that you can interact with right through that and kind of this uh, very step-by-step onboarding is extremely important. Okay, thank you. Thank you, Ilya. Um, Amos, do you have any follow-up question you want to ask Ilya? Yeah, uh, I think just want to kind of like further touch upon that. Uh, just want to back deep a little bit because uh, I'm sure a lot of the people in the audience and community have been wondering like what's are like the strong strongest like motivation uh, for near to do this almost also guys rebranding from like a marketing perspective but more only from the, the product perspective, right? Uh, so obviously we get that this is you know uh, beneficial to to you know the users to some extent. I just kind of want to get your take on this. Uh, on the first hand basis, you know, like that the strongest motivation for you to decide to make this switch. For sure, I mean, it's not really a switch because kind of near started with the spirit of how do we make Web three usable, right, for developers and for users. And you know, scalability was the first thing that needed to be solved because that seemed like a core problem at a time where you know you're trying to launch an application and. Uh, you know, if you have like 100 users, right, you're already flooding the chain and you cannot do anything, right? So that that's where we started and we really built kind of near protocol to be a scalable blockchain. While we did it, we really focused on usability as well. So we focused on account abstraction that near has, which is extremely powerful, which powers a lot of this uh, fast loss, key POM and, and many other functionality. Uh, actually, a really cool uh, project just launched uh, called NameSky, which allowed to sell, like turn your near account into NFT, uh, sell it on the marketplace, and then turn the NFT back into near account. Uh, again, powering by near account model, uh, which is extremely flexible. Um, and so that was kind of you know fundamental block that needed to be built uh, to really enable this kind of that's the future that we all talk about. And then as we launched mainnet and we started growing the ecosystem, kind of the next step was really like leveling up the developer tooling, right? Um, so a lot of time, for example, Pagoda spent on building out JavaScript SDK, right? How do we bring next tens of millions of developers um, into this? This is not by, you know, them learning new programming language. And again, like I just saw a hackathon winners here, like most of them are coming from the two, either like new from school or existing developers. And none of them wanted to learn NIEM, right? They wanted to just start building right away. And so JavaScript SDK has powered that uh, extremely um, fast and kind of all the tooling around that. Um, like we have, you know, things like data indexers and lakes that enable kind of extremely fast build out of uh, powerful data aggregation platforms. And now with all that built, right, the next challenge that developers faced has been users, right? So you would be able to uh, kind of like build out the application really quickly on near, but then you would face this challenge that you know users either would have you know still challenged to onboard, or uh, that you have kind of no network 
network effects because the user basis has been very fractured between all the chains, right? So you ended up kind of having this like almost tribalism of users, which which is really doesn't make much sense in, in Web3. Like we're not that big and we like trying to build out this future together. And so uh, uh, kind of this is where we've been trying to figure out with kind of next iteration, okay, well, how do we, uh, solve that problem and kind of the fundamental solution here is really continue abstracting away the complexity of the blockchain right continually moving the boundary and so uh, kind of a lot of it what went into how do we onboard ethereum users and EVM users more broadly to start using the platform how do we onboard new users who don't have any crypto uh, to be able to start engaging with this and at the same time, how do we re-engage the users, right? One of the other challenges developers have is you have a bunch of users, like you did an airdrop, a bunch of people came, and then you have no way to re-engage them. Like you literally have no way to like send a notification that you have a new feature to people who have tried you before. And so all of this kind of really gave the motivation for blockchain operating system is how do we create a layer that like a kind of framework that coalesces all the innovation that happens and at the same time, powers um, kind of developers to build applications that really easy to onboard, engaging, really easy to find and navigate, and they're able to kind of create uh, network effects around them as well. And so that's why blockchain operating system contains you know, fast onboarding, has you know trial accounts, kind of get guest accounts. It has you know social for engagement, discovery, and enablement, notification, search. Uh, meta transactions, so user, users don't need to pay transaction fees initially, and many more components actually coming online over this year and next year to really kind of create a full platform that developers can leverage. And I think that's like really, it's just a comp completion of the vision that we set out to do is like, how do we make blockchain usable? Uh, it's just all of those pieces really coming together and then enabling new apps and new use cases to flourish. And that's really helpful because uh, I, I guess the question really coming from the, the so-called traditional you know, view of, of you know, what, what blockchain should be back. Uh, I remember uh, all the way back in, in the beginning, you know, New Year's goal is always to try to you know, uh, onboard the mainstream uh, users uh, from also the Web3 because to be honest, you know, after the, the recent you know, bull run, uh, the actual Web3 user space is actually still quite tiny. Uh, so Nier's, you know, uh, position is really just trying to, to create whatever, you know, technology necessary. You know, in the beginning, it was more about scalability, uh, the usability, and now it's more about building the blockchain operating system on top of this to, to you know, combine all of this uh, to enable such adoption uh, happening. Uh, so I think that's that's really, really cool. Uh, but I guess one question, uh, just to follow up on that, because what you mentioned, uh, which traditionally is quite strange from like a, public chain perspective is that you mentioned that a lot of the EVM chain uh, might be actually willing to, you know, uh, use both uh, on top of it. Uh, but, you know, in a traditional sense, you know, all the different public chains are kind of competing with each other. Right? Uh, so I'm just kind of curious, uh, what would your response be that, like, why, why the blockchain, you know, want to support both? Uh, and more specifically, is there any, you know, big partnership, you know, you have planned or such, you know, uh, integration already happening? Yeah, so that's a great question. The kind of part of the whole idea here is really to go away from this traditional thinking, right? I think it's the same, you know, going from Bitcoin to Ethereum, right? There was a lot of people who are pushing back on kind of this idea of, you know, powerful smart contracts. 
contract running on chain. And I think like, you know, we're probably going to have some of that happening here because kind of we're trying to, you know, change a little bit the mindset and uh, for the better. And I think the, you know, this will take time for, for some. And I think some, some already on board or didn't understand the power of this. And I think from a perspective of, you know, working with other um, kind of blockchains, layer ones, layer twos, et cetera, the offering here is really very simple, right? It, it's a combination of you know, tools that enable a faster onboarding for their users, easier discovery for their applications, and, uh, you know, better retention and re-engagement, right? And this is like, if you go to developers and you actually ask them what are their problems, this is their problems. They like, and you, if you go beyond like past this like tribalism of like, oh, this is you know this layer or that layer or whatever, and you're like, hey, I need to solve these problems, right? Like I'm running an app and I'm, I need to gain more users and they need to engage more and like, and this is a tool and it's you know, it's more decentralized, it's censorship resistant, it's anti fragile. Uh, that totally makes sense for kind of a number of developers in this space because they focused on their business. And, and so I think that that is kind of how um, I would say we, we break the tribalism is really going back to like what we're trying to achieve here and and really helping solving problems that, that developers and entrepreneurs have. Uh, and so through that, right, uh, we have some partnerships in, in a pipeline. Uh, I'm not going to announce them here, but uh, there's some, some exciting coming uh, kind of throughout next weeks. And uh, yeah, it's it's really about combining this value proposition that the blockchain operation system has with, you know, kind of the uh, opportunities where this is like very challenging, right? Either kind of new ecosystems that don't have yet uh, enough users and, and it's really hard to navigate and find um, what are the applications that exist and, and launching in the ecosystem. Or it's somewhere where applications really trying to gain better retention of the user base and, and want to re-engage users easier. And so through that, they can kind of leverage this uh, platform. Uh, and so, you know, as I said, like already uh, for, for those who snoop, snooping on chain, right, everything is on chain. And so you can find a lot of the uh, things being built actually in real time on chain. <laughs> so you probably can find some of this uh, ahead of time for those who seek alpha, uh, but, you know, obviously partnerships will be coming in uh, into time. And I think just, just to, to further touch up on that is, I mean, I've been in the, in this, in the industry like almost like forever at this point. Uh, it's actually uh, almost 10 years right now. Uh, so sometimes I actually forgot how difficult it is to, to for, for some of the new user to onboard, right? Um, so, so I remember like a recent case, you know, someone figured out all the difficulty of, you know, onboarding uh, from, you know, first opening like an exchange account, you know, pass through the KYC and then try to transfer some ease to, you know, uh, his MetaMax wallet because he need to pay for a gas fee uh, to be able to, to play with some applications, right? Uh, and after that, he still needs to discover what app uh, he, he can actually use. Uh, so I think like blockchain operating system, just putting through that you particular, you know, user journey actually will be able to solve all of this because uh, if, I, if I'm correct, like uh, right now, actually opening a new account actually doesn't really cost any uh, any gas, right? Uh, it doesn't cost dollars. So you can open really, account right away with your email address. Boom. That's like about two, right? 
uh, and then immediately, you know, you can start engaging with all the applications through like a security, you know, list of, you know, a discovery page. Uh, so I, that, I think that's really cool. It almost kind of reminds me of, you know, uh, the, the WeChat, you know, mini app uh, or the Alipay mini app kind of like an ecosystem, uh, which obviously is, is one of the biggest things, you know, uh, in, in China. And I guess you probably, you know, also got some inspiration <laughs> from this piece of art during sure, a yeah. time Yeah, it, it was like, how, how do we create an open WeChat, right? That's that's all, like, on, in the back of my mind, this is a question I've been asking myself for the past uh, almost six years now, right? How do we create, like, an open platform that, you know, can power billions, billions of users, you know, to be doing commerce, to be doing communication, to be doing kind of uh, community I think like WeChat has been a platform for that for a billion users uh, and Alipay as well. And I think the, the mini app's been kind of a very powerful tool to do that. But being a closed platform, being kind of uh, like a lock-in almost, um, it, you know, it has its limitations. And so, you know, here we have technology that can power something that is truly Kind of open that you know people can benefit from community commerce and create new economy kind of new economies and we just need to really give them the tools that are not you know start with zero x and a hash you know for the first 20 bytes of hash of a private of a public key right uh so really how do we get to a level where uh you know like for a billion users you really need like everyone be able to use this and not need to like yeah, go through all the motions of uh, setting up things. So, like one of the really cool things that Nier has been doing, for, like has an application for for a while, uh, which is also some of our roots, is called Nearcrowd, which is a platform for data labeling. And so it's been renov- like renewed now with a new team working behind it. In, and they really try, like what it allows, enables to do is really new people who don't know anything about crypto, who don't know anything about blockchain, can start doing some small tasks and start earning from that, right? This can be data, machine learning, crowdsourcing. It can be marketing, for example. It can be learning. And then through that, they earn first near, first, you know, stable coins. And then now you don't, like, you know, the fees that you're paying to transact with, with the blockchain have been paid by the applications through metatransactions. But the benefit is now you have new users who have earned directly on the platform. They don't haven't they don't even have their exchange account. They don't need it, right? They started from the blockchain directly from from self custody account, and so now going from there, um, they can start interacting with DeFi and start you know earning and transacting there. They can interact with you know potentially commerce that's like physical commerce where they pay with crypto. Uh, they can be like actually you know. Re- requesting gifts from other people as well using this platform. So kind of we're creating a new wave of people who, you know, start with crypto, uh, not by buying it, but by actually earning it, and then start interacting through and like experiencing all this through discovery, right, through finding new applications. And I think that's that's what excites me, like all this is like how do we solve the supply chain problem that like right now to participate in crypto you need to like buy in. And it's like there's you know there's only a fraction of people in the world who can like who can afford to buy in into crypto, right? So how do you earn into crypto, uh, and now leverage that to actually to prosperity? Yeah, it's quite counterintuitive in the sense that you know like traditionally in Web two, it's always you know some sort of like a freemium model to to, to start with, right? 
and crypto is like the, the reverse. Uh, so definitely, we'll show some people off. Uh, but on the other hand, you know, air job is just not really, you know, uh, healthy <laughs> in, in most cases. I mean, I wouldn't name specific project, but obviously recently there are a couple of, like interesting air jobs where people, you know, complaining here and there, right? Uh, and obviously there are always stories about people spending you know, six months earning a couple million dollars, uh, <laughs> some crazy, you know, manu- maneuvering. Uh, but it's not actually getting the, the actual users. So I think um, this new crowd thing, uh, if it can actually, you know, uh, truly start onboarding those people who are still new to crypto, uh, but through some small tasks, doing some work, or some you know very small amount of crypto, and start really engaging with it, uh, they can probably you know quickly discover the, the beauty of crypto uh, versus you know like right now crypto house is still pretty much highly speculative and, and trading focused, right? Uh, but I guess just one more question on this, and, and I might take a, a tiny bit of a detour because uh, one very important key point that you just mentioned is machine learning. Uh, so can you actually, uh, you know, uh, further, you know, expand that a little bit, you know, how, you know, near crowd and, you know, potential balls that AI like near can all kind of like mesh together? For sure. Yeah. So the kind of conceptually AI is a really kind of powerful instrument, right? That is gonna, like already changing and going to be changing in more of our lives. And I don't think like most of our society kind of infrastructure is prepared for that. And I think a lot of the blockchain and, and kind of crypto, uh, cryptography especially, is a tool to also kind of continue innovating on, on I call it like the government OS, right? Like the, the operating system of our society. Um, and I think this is where what BOSS is offering is really a lot of the primitives that you will need to start kind of uh, innovating on the on the society that we need to do. So just to give you some examples, right? Um, most of the kind of government uh, services run on language, right? You you know you send them a form that is filled out, you send them a document, you send them a, you know lawsuit, IRS filing, you know tax filing, whatever it is. It's all language and it's all kind of uh, somewhat structured, but a lot of it is actually like needs to be interpreted by a human. And kind of prior to this, like there's has like there's always been you know ways people try to kind of go around this right loopholes as well you know conman etc. Uh, so it's, it's an existing problem like the language is ill specified. There's uh, issues with it. You know people can and you know continue changing what they say over time. Uh, but it's been kind of usually very contained and and you know sometimes prosecuted uh, rapidly. With with kind of this evolution of AI that we see, you know, it's, it's there's a reason why it's called language model, right? It's it's allowing you to really kind of uh, effectively create uh, like very targeted, you know, uh, texts and language kind of uh, position. And so what it can really do is, you know, you can create and DDoS a legal system, right? You can. Um, for example, create an IRS like tax return that's like millions of pages long, and like requires somebody to read through all this. Uh, you can create kind of lots of different approaches uh, where kind of existing systems just not designed for or for this level of uh, kind of scalable, you know, lang- language um, generation. And this is where 
kind of blockchain and blockchain operating system comes in is really powering like what should be the next wave of you know technology powered the government, right? Like a lot of things should be cryptographically secure. A lot of things should have a very clear supply chain of where this data came from, where is this, uh, for example, um, kind of attribution of you know quotes information. Uh, like if we're submitting a form, it should be very like structured and, and signed by the submitter, etc. And so, and obviously, you know, with that, some token economics, etc., will come in as well. So all of that is really kind of the tooling that uh, we will need to start adjusting uh, our kind of how our societal services work. And so, blockchain operating system. So really, what we're trying to do is to build an operating system for post AI world, right? When we do have kind of very powerful AI, you know, including agents that now actually can be, behave on the internet, you know, using blockchain as almost a, a way to interact with, with the real world. Uh, kind of blockchain operating system is really providing this platform to both kind of contain and, and authenticate the, uh, the real things as well as provide a platform for AI agents to interact with, uh, with people and each other in one place. And so, and like at some point, it will not really matter if it's a person or AI agent. It will matter what what is the past experience of that specific you know account or address or whatever it is, and kind of what is they doing now, right? So you will be building on chain reputation and really providing that, and can be completely like an AI agent that running you know with a mission of you know for example solving global warming, and they have a DAO, they're earning money, and they reinvesting it back into people going and like planting trees, right? And they're using it. Their tasks as a platform to actually pay people to go into tasks in the real world for AI, right? So we'll have this kind of system where all of this working together and it's like all cryptographically kind of secured and allowing to really transact with finance with um, kind of value uh, directly in one platform. So that's kind of where you know I see this all going. Obviously, you know, there's still a bunch of pieces missing, but uh, there's few folks are working on you know how to build AI agents that are indeed kind of on-chain that are able to interact and like, you know, have like run under consensus and, and like secure and private. Uh, there's, folks, you know, obviously all this cryptography and, and supply chain, there's a lot of folks looking at that, like how do we do content management? So all of that is kind of really, uh, will need to come together. And I think at least like from my perspective, blockchain operating system is a really good frame for, for kind of filling in these gaps and kind of creating the platform of the future. Awesome. I guess to sum up, like blockchain operating system is no longer it's not just you know like um, really powerful decentralized way we chat, uh, they also has the potential to become you know the, the super powerful framework that that you know uh, power AI and everything else that is going to come in the future. So super cool. That's very exciting. Thank you, Thank you, Oh, okay. Yes, please, yeah. um, 
So, so um, can you specify the reason why someone might choose to deploy front end on BLS versus IPFS? Yeah, for sure. So, so IPFS is is a decentralized storage, um, and you know, obviously, there's a file coin that's like actually um, providing the economic um, incentives for data storage. But IPFS is kind of the core protocol, um, and so. The even right now, like IPFS and, and Filecoin and Alweave is are used to store images and to store kind of the content of the of the things that happen on the blockchain operating system, right? That, so it's not it's not either or. Uh, but if we're talking about you know building an application, right? Uh, the reality is application first of all and not a static uh, thing, right? IPFS is really good with the static content where you you know you have an image, you throw it, and this that image will exist forever right away. Or, or at least like while people care, uh, and it's the same image, right? It's not going to change. Um, that's not how websites work, right? You know, you keep updating it, you keep launching versions, you keep doing things. Uh, the other side is you want to use other people's content and you want to leverage kind of other people's um, information. And then you need a registry for all of this, right? So the way, you know, to discover things, to be able to search things, you need a place where all of this is kind of registered and, and linked. That's what blockchain operating system discovery layer provides, right? It's it's a protocol where uh, of storing kind of pieces of front end, right? We call them components uh, that are interlinked, right? It's really easy to link to each other. And uh, when you open up, like when we looked at near the door, what happened actually? It pulled that directly from blockchain, the, the kind of the source code of the component itself which linked to other components, right? Maybe there was a button component, maybe there was an NFT component. It pulls those as well and then rendered all that for the user, right? And so that kind of flexibility that, you know, now you can really easily, for example, do A-B testing for your users on which component you want to see. Or somebody updated NFT because there's a new standard for NFTs that came out that, you know, supports not just RVs, but now maybe like new bundler you know, uh, for example, endpoints. And like before as a developer, you would need to go rebuild your website, redeploy it. You know, if it's IPFS, you need to redeploy to IPFS and then go like vote for your DAO to update the link of the um, East link for a new IPFS. Here, the NFT gets updated. If you, you know, allow it to have kind of uh, linkage to updated version, uh, you get updated version directly on your website right away for the users that load it, right? And so... Kind of, you don't have like this kind of inflexibility uh, on one side, and you have kind of really faster developer environment. And so, like from what we've seen, the developers who usually kind of use this component system, the discovery part of the boss, uh, they can develop the front ends like three times faster than even Web two like standard time because you don't need scaffolding, you don't need hosting, you don't need you can reuse a lot of the existing like this right if over four thousand components. It's like everything from the smallest, like, uh, I think that's the most used component, actually, I, I looked up is times ago. And so it's a component that you give it a time and it shows you how long has it been since that time. And so this is the most used component right now. And But like a lot of it is like very, very primitive things, right? That it, as a developer, you keep building over and over and over again. So now you don't need to. You can just like reuse. You can look at what people, how other people implement it and like fork it or, you know, modify it or, or kind of take pieces of code from them. And so it's really fast, like really faster. It's kind of way more composable. It's still all cryptographic authenticated. 
and it allows you to really kind of build kind of this in this framework which people can now discover new applications and use them and they're already logged in they already have all the species kind of connected into cool um Amos, do you have anything to add Well, not really. Like to, to me, I, I guess uh, one big takeaway from the conversation today is just sometimes it's not either either you know yes or no, right? Uh, no, really, just you know one way or another. Uh, like the, the the whole goal of boss is really you know like this operating system. <laughs> sorry, for, sorry for continuing you know repeating the phrase, but uh, it is something that can you know combine the different you know elements uh, of blockchain or, or Web3 uh, altogether. Uh, so I think that that's, that is, to me, that's a big takeaway uh, from, from the conversation today. So. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's going away from any of the single like X or Y and, and say, why not all them, right? So like, for example, somebody built an application that allows to swap on Ethereum through Uniswap on, I think, ZK Sync or uh, ZKVM through their swap and on, on Ethereum protocols through Ref Finance in one UI, right? And so, like, this is the things you can start building, right? It's like really rich experiences that unite kind of across the boundaries of, you know, specific blockchain. Same as, you know, yeah, like NFT primitive on the boss discovery works across IPFS, RV, you know, I think there's more things that are being added. So, like, kind of at the end, it's like you, as a user, you don't really care where exactly is that thing. It's like you just want to interact with it. And so we can really now make this uh, kind of rich experiences. And then, you know, through that, like it can connect to kind of best of, of all the worlds. Exactly. Like that, that's actually one thing uh, I wanted to say is that, you know, like actually what to, you know, a uh, user today who's not a developer, uh, actually like what is HTTPS, right? <laughs> like who cares, right? Uh, so I think that that's really like the next step for, for blockchain to really try to gain like more mainstream adoption. It's really just to, you know, uh, abstract away a lot of the complexity associated with blockchain right now. Uh, I'm really trying to, you know, um, make it easy. Um, so, basically, I guess. Okay. Um, so, my next question, um, okay, it's probably like what our audience are most curious about. Um, how can BOS contribute to near ecosystem on-chain activities token demand? Um, so, asking this especially from a value capture perspective. Yeah, that's a that's a good question. So, I mean, already what we have right now, right, is that kind of every account that's created is in your account. The you know all of the things that you see, like including fast auth, like creation of account, and underneath it's you know it's a near transactions that are happening to power it. Uh, the social feed, for example, I mean, if if, uh, if Amos was logged in, you would see like a social feed. Every single thing is actually a a transaction on the air to store social there's actually a storage cost as well associated with that so all of that is actually powered by near economy um the front end is kind of storing the source code of this as well you know uh, and we use some methods to like make sure it's it's affordable uh, for developers and users uh but at the same time it's really um kind of powering with near economy uh there and then as we kind of evolving and actually adding more layers to the platform, right? And, and especially we're talking about middleware. So kind of one of the newer pieces that we're launching called Query API, that's really uh, kind of giving developers a uh, 
really easy framework to index data um, kind of dynamically. And again, it's kind of, you can write smart contracts in JavaScript, you can write front end in JavaScript. And so the missing piece has been how to write uh, kind of the middleware in JavaScript, right? So, so Query API really kind of closing that gap, allowing you to just kind of almost as part of a smart contract deploy what indexes you want and how things should work and uh, launch that. And so you have a full potentially application end-to-end. For example, JavaScript, you can still use Rust, you can still use um, Solidity as well. But uh, with all that, right, the Query API will be run by nodes as well. And so these nodes will need to stake. Um, there are more layer again, like other layers as well, like discovery. Uh, Amos mentioned, right, there needs to be a curated list of applications that you can discover. Uh, because at the same time that like it's an open platform, anybody can build uh, kind of apps inside this. Uh, you still need to curate, and so that that will also uh, have uh, token economics there. So there's more layers of token economics are being added across the stack on top of already existing uh, kind of economy that is powered by near by you know really powering a lot more transactions uh, through interaction with uh, not just. Um, like not just near near protocol developers, but also now all the other developers in the ecosystem. But the other thing that you know, because we're kind of creating this uh, platform that attracts users from all the places, right? The you know big benefit here is now users who are coming from other chains can really easily experience uh, what near is. And I think one of the challenges has been, uh, you know, that again. For, talking to near developers has been that like, hey, we, we cannot access the users of other chains like really easily. And so now through that, the, the applications on near as well are getting more usage, right? And, and actually getting more traction through that. So so really it's about kind of powering all of this and, and making the flywheel uh, way more powerful. Uh, and and through, like all of that inside is using near token and kind of near economy uh, of, of utility that that, uh, that we already have and, and will be adding more. In other words, more like, you know, because of the blockchain option system, uh, there will actually just be more organic usage, uh, I guess, across the board, you know, more transaction, you know, more user base, right? But at the same time, when some of the, the, the user base who originally not so familiar with Nier, uh, but once they discover, you know, the duty of Nier, how easy it is, uh, they might actually be switching over to some of the, the I guess, the, the more native apps uh, on near in the future. So, so that's where the, the value capture, you know, uh, kind of coming from, from both angle, I would say. Yeah. And like, again, developers who build, for example, for like Ethereum apps in Discovery need to, you know, pretty much use near to store the front end and kind of uh, power that, right? Uh, and we actually, we're working on some of the more mechanics where if you f- come into fast OS, you can transact on other chains, but again, you will be actually paying their fees. Uh, so we're kind of creating like uh, metro transactions on other chains as well. So like, there's a lot more tooling that's going to come in, more more layers that's going to come in uh, to power all that together. But okay. everything is actually behind the scene, uh, so user actually uh, uh, don't have to feel a thing. <laughs> but that doesn't necessarily mean you know they're they're actually you know near being transacted, uh, you know, uh, behind each transaction. So. Exactly. Okay. Um, so that leads to our final RM question today. Um, what's the next next US? 
Yeah, so, uh, I mean, I mentioned on the product side, right, there's a pretty kind of long run that we're actually going to be publishing some of that um, up until end of the year. Uh, a lot of it is kind of finishing up the products that we just released um, and really kind of, you know, building the meat around the initial uh, skeleton. Um, and at the same time, it's about go-to-market, right? So partnering with, you know, other ecosystems and applications as well as uh, bringing some of the kind of enterprise and like Web 2 to Web 3 transformations uh, on top of it. Because again, like blockchain resistance is a really good framework now uh, because it kind of... Re- removes uh, this, again, like tribalism that people before, you know, if you talk with any other enterprises, right, they, need, they need to like decide between a specific infrastructure and a protocol and now figure out like they, they have no information, right, how to figure out and like, is it going to be there in like one, two years, kind of seeing crypto go, come and go. Uh, and so blockchain operating system is giving them this like kind of um, sit, you know, sit, uh, peace of mind to really start using this technology on board users and then have uh, you know flexibility under the hood as well as like reuse you know you can build a game on here that uses for example polygon nft now uh, in a bot very easily and so things like that is really kind of uh, enabling new use cases as well and so uh, so all of that is like really kind of go to markets around web3 uh, around web2 to web3 as well as like more broader uh, bottom-up developer uh, engagement, right? So, as I said, like Web two developers are actually a very quickly on board on there, like way quicker than anything else. They see the values, they see kind of why this this tooling is really powerful to for them to build their innovative applications. And so, really going to like blockchain clubs, going to bootcamps, going to uh, kind of professionals who are um, looking to explore Web three, and, and uh, you know, Node.js communities, JavaScript communities, and kind of really growing the bottom-up developer base as well. So really kind of this like almost three-pronged approach of uh, going after um, like, you know, very connected, but at the same time with the dedicated programs to each of these audiences. And so through that, you know, really building up more and more of the platform as well, getting more developers. So if you haven't seen DevHub on here is a place for this kind of um, community of developers who are themselves organizing around projects or building things we have like the whole zero knowledge community there that's building amazing like bridges and uh, privacy tech uh, there's kind of you know protocol development and other things happening there a lot of the boss itself development is, is going to be happening there so like really organizing developers around the world to contribute as well to the platform um, and so while you know more and more kind of integrations and kind of um, really really proper use cases being built out and businesses built being built out on, on the bus. Okay, thank you. Um, yeah, so, yeah, we're very excited to see how, um, you know, VLS keep growing and also, you know, keep solving real world problem and also, you know, um, help the entire community grow. So thank you so much. Um, that concludes our AMA session today. Thank you, Elia and Amos, for taking the time to share your valuable insight with us. Um, so for the giveaway to enter, please follow the instruction we posted on near blockchain Twitter. Follow our Twitter and subscribe to near YouTube channel. Uh, make sure to screenshot your proof of attendance and comment on our event post. Once again, thank you all for joining us today. If you have any future questions or want to learn more about VOS, be sure to join our community and have a good day. Bye-bye. Thank you.
Thank you. Thank you.